Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Christian Fellowship. Our vision is to extend and establish the influence of the kingdom of God by equipping the saints for the work of ministry. We hope that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Are you well this morning? You don't look much happy. Are you happy? <laughs> Amen. Are you happy? It's so good, it's so good to, to be again with you this morning, and I believe that God has something in his heart for us as a family, as a church this morning. We thank God for the opportunity, amen? amen. And I thank Pastor Michael for the invitation, so I will not uh, take much time, but God is going to speak to you. Amen. amen. This morning, I want to share quickly with you uh, the topic of my teaching is the role of the church in the society. The role of the church in the society. We are going to read the book of Matthew, chapter 5, from verse 13 up to verse 16. Book of Matthew, chapter 5. We start from verse 13. To verse 16. I'm reading verse 13 from New King James Version. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on hill cannot be hidden. And verse 15, nor they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lamp stand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. And verse 16, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Amen. I think this is a scripture that, that is familiar to all of us here. We know the Sermon on the Mount given by Jesus Christ himself. Uh, this is one of the greatest sermon given by Jesus, the greatest preaching of Jesus here on the earth. It's one of them. And uh, by reading it, you can see something very unique about this sermon is that Jesus was preaching to his disciple for the very first time in the presence of the crowd. He used to preach them alone. When he teach them, he sit with them. But for this very particular situation, he was addressing to the disciple, but in the presence of the crowd. The crowd was there but he was speaking to the disciple. He was not speaking directly to the crowd. He was speaking to his disciple, but in the presence of the crowd, which means that the sermon was addressed to the disciple, but intended to everybody. That implies that what I'm preaching here, when, when he was teaching them, it was, I'm teaching my disciple, but what I'm teaching them, it concerns all of you also. 
It's not only the matter of the disciple. It's not only people who are in the leadership. It's not only people who are in the ministry, but it's all of us. I am speaking to them in your presence so that you too, you may receive the same thing and apply the same thing. Amen. So when I, we are speaking this morning about the role of the church, it's not only when we speak about the church, you see only people in leadership or people serving in the church. You are the church. I am the church. It concerns all of us. Hallelujah. And uh, you, he's talking about the light and the salt, that you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. In the ancient time, the salt was very precious commodity. It was used to give flavor to food like we do today. It was used for preservation. It was used to give more taste to people, to desire more. Amen. So the salt was very precious. It was even used sometimes in exchange with money. They were using it like money. The Roman soldiers at the time of Jesus Christ, sometimes they were paid with salt. They used salt as salary, as money for them. And even the word salary that we are using today comes from the Latin word salarium, which was used as the salary given to the Roman soldiers. It was salt. You can see in the word salary there is salt inside. Amen. Hallelujah. So salt was something very precious, something that has great value. It was used even for covenants. They were using it on top of the sacrifice. People were making covenants by using salt. Salt was very precious. It was not something just useless. And now Jesus was speaking to a handful of uneducated people. The people without reference. His disciples were without education. Just a nobody. He looked at them and he said to them, you are the salt of the earth. Amen. These people were uneducated people. They were not highly positioned in the society. They did not have great references. But you look at them, you call them, you are the salt of the earth. What a credit. That was a praise upon them. It was putting much honor on them. Much value. And the people, they don't consider, they don't see you the way I see you, but I'm calling you the salt of the earth. You are the light of the earth. Amen. Hallelujah. Are we still together? So he, he put something, a great compliment on them. Great value on them. He did not say that you should be the salt. He did not say that you should be the light of the world. No, you are. That was a fact. He was telling them the very nature by being with him. He was telling them this is your identity. This is what you are. I'm not telling you that you will become salt by being around me, but you are the salt. Amen. He didn't say that you should be the light. You are the light. That is an affirmation. 
This is what you are as you are sitting there. You are the salt of the earth. That was a fact. Say after me, a fact. Amen. It, it, it was confirming to them. It was revealing to them their true nature. That your real nature is that you are the salt of the earth. This is your identity. This is what you carry. Amen. Hallelujah. And now by, 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 by starting this teaching, it, was, it started by making statements about the nature of the disciple and the nature of the world. Amen. When he says that you are the salt of the earth, you are the salt of the earth. At the other end, it's like he's saying that the earth is corrupted. But you are the salt of the earth. The earth is without flavor. But you are the salt of the earth. It's telling them, it's, it's presenting them the nature, also the nature of the world in the same time. When he said that you are the light of the world, it, it, it says that the, the, there is darkness in the world, but you are the light. Is putting a contrast between the two by giving them the nature in the same time, also the nature of the world. He cannot call you the light of the world if the, the world also is light. No, he's calling you the light of the world because the world is dark. Amen. So he's showing them two different natures here. Your nature and the nature of the world. Hallelujah. And he's showing them that as my disciple, you get to know, you get to understand what the world expects from you. What is your role? Amen. What are you called to do? We need to know that the church exists for the world. Amen. This is what we are missing every time. The church exists for the world, not for itself. According to Jesus' teaching here, is speaking to his church, his people, that you are the light of the world, which means that you exist for the world. You are the salt of the world. You exist to preserve the world from corruption. You exist to bring flavor in the world. You exist to bring more tests in the world that they will like more of the truth. They will desire more of the truth. You exist for the world. The church does not exist for itself. The church exists for the world. Amen. And if we don't understand that, we will not really live as a church by playing correctly our role and our duty. Amen. The church is not only a place that people are going to get encouraged every Sunday. The church is not only the place people are coming for worship and fellowshipping together. All of that are good. Amen? I don't say it's bad. We come to the church to get encouraged, to grow in the knowledge of God, to fellowship with uh, brothers and sisters, worshiping God together, and pray together. It's good. But the primary role of the church, according to Jesus, is first of all, for the world. The church exists 
for the world. We are Christian. We are saved. Jesus saved us. He brought us together into his kingdom. We exist for a purpose. To demonstrate to, demonstrate to the world the character of Jesus, his life, his love through our lifestyle. It's the reason that we exist. So that the people of the world will know Jesus by watching us, by seeing us. He called us to be his disciple for that reason. Amen. Not for us just to be t- together at your corner. Oh, we, we, are, we are holy people. We are disciples. These people are in darkness. They are evil. They are far. We are this side. And we look them from far. We cut ourselves disconnected from them. We are living in another side. They are other side. No. We are there to exist. To show them the love of God. Amen. To show them how God operates. They will see God and learn about God through our life. That's why we exist. That's why we are called disciples. To be the salt and the light of the world. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So now, I want to give you some points. What must we do as Christians to exercise influence in the world? How can we influence this world? How can we really play our role of being salt for the earth. How can we do that? Amen? Amen. Number one, for you to do that, number one, you get to know who you are. Knowing your identity, know first of all who you are. I am the light. I am the salt. Know your identity. You are not nobody. You are Someone who's carrying the life, the very life of God inside of him. You are carrying the spirit of God. You are carrying the grace of God upon your life. You get to know who you are. Wherever you are, at the marketplace, at the university, where you are working, everywhere you go, know first of all who you are. You cannot exercise influence by ignoring who you are. By ignoring what you carry, you get to know that. Amen. The knowledge of who you are is the beginning of everything. If I know I am a medical doctor and I see someone dying there because of the knowledge of who I am, I can do something. Amen. If I am a lawyer, I see someone in a very difficult situation, uh, there's no one to defend that person. Because I know I am a lawyer, I can propose my service. I can help you. If you are an electrician, you enter here, you see there is a problem with cables here. Only the electrician can say, I know who I am. Then I can help. A medical doctor cannot touch electricity here. (laughs) You'll be in trouble. You get to know who you are before you help. Amen. So you know that I am the child of God. I am a Christian. I am representing Jesus here on the earth. I am a disciple. I am a light. I am salt of the earth. You know, first of all, who you are. Amen. So many people, they come to the church, they don't even know who who they are. They are born again. They don't know what happened to them. They are baptized. They don't understand what happened to them. They speak in tongues. They don't understand what is happening to them. They read the Bible. They don't understand who they are. They come every Sunday at the church. They just say, come. And they sit and they go. 
Amen. You get to know who you are. Amen. You have a mission to accomplish here on the earth. Number two, what can I do as a Christian to influence this world? Maintain and develop the life of God that is within you through communion with the Holy Spirit and God's word. You get to maintain and develop because the life of God is already in you. But you, many people are losing it. You get to maintain it. And you get to develop it. How can you develop that? Through communion with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. You need to have communion with the Word of God. You get to read the words, to go deep in the Word, to practice the Word, to know the Word of God, and have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. The life of God, the light that is in you will begin to grow more and more, more and more, because the Word of God itself is light. The Holy Spirit is the source of light. So when you, there is a connection between you and the Holy Spirit, there is a connection between you and the Word of God, then you will grow. The life of God within you will not remain the same. Hallelujah. That life will grow. And the more the life is growing inside, the more you will be able to influence this world. You cannot influence if there is not something tangible, not something bigger in you. Hallelujah. Look what Jesus said in verse 13, verse 13. Let's let read again verse 13, Matthew 5, 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, you see, when the salt can lose its flavor. Hallelujah. And when, if the salt loses, if the life of God that is within you, that you have received, the moment you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, you have received the very life of God in you, you have received the Holy Spirit in you, you have received the light of God in you. If you lose that light, how can you influence? Amen. You get to maintain it. There is a work there. There is a discipline. Amen. When they call you disciple, in the word disciple, there is a word discipline. You understand? By receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, you become a believer. By starting to walk in discipline, you become a disciple. You can remain a believer for all your life until you die. Believers will not influence the world, only disciples. And you cannot become a disciple unless there's certain discipline in your life. Amen. Discipline will make you a disciple because you are under instruction. There are certain things that you are following and certain things you don't do. You discipline yourself in prayer. You discipline yourself in reading. You discipline yourself in giving. You discipline yourself in submission. You discipline yourself and then they call you a disciple. Otherwise, you just be believing. Do you believe God can bless? Yes, I believe. Do you believe he can heal? Yes, I believe. Do you believe in giving? Yes, I believe. Are you giving? I'm still thinking about that. You see, believing it's easy. The moment you practice, you are a disciple. Amen. Are we still together? Number three. How can I influence this world as a, as a Christian? Number three, 
demonstrate the character and the love of Jesus. Amen? You start, first of all, by knowing who you are. And secondly, you begin to develop that life. You maintain it and you develop it. And don't keep it for yourself. Number three, you begin to practice, display it. Yeah. Understand? You display that life. You begin to demonstrate the character of Jesus, the fruit of the Spirit, and the love of God. Wherever you go, amen, you demonstrate that. It is a step to influence. You can't influence people if you don't demonstrate the life of Jesus. You may talk about it. You may use your Bible to preach, but your life preach better than your Bible. Amen? The easy way to influence people to Jesus is through your lifestyle, not through your Bible. They must look at you. They see something. Amen? Hallelujah? He said it in verse 16, Matthew 5, 16. Let your light so shine before men. Amen. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works. You understand that? They may see your good works. At the end, they will glorify your Father in heaven. Don't let your good works, your, your light shine in the church. Not shine in your house, in your bedroom, alone there at your corner. No, it must shine before men. And they get to see the good works. They don't need to hear the good works. They must see how you live. How you demonstrate that the word of God that is in you. They get to see that. If they see, finally they will glorify God. God is so good. Maybe they knew you in the past, how you were before. They knew how you were living before. But they look at the change in you. They look at the transformation in you. Then they say, God is so good through your life. They know that you are a drunker, but today they see you, you become enemy of alcohol. They are watching you. You just don't touch it anymore. They know you are, you are, you are living in uh, fornication. They don't see you there. The more they see the change, they begin to know God is so good. Look, the change in the life of this man. We can see God here. Amen. So it must be displayed before men. You must make your light shine before men. Amen. Because many times we are trying all our best in the four, inside the four walls of the church. We are shining. <laughs> very good people, humble people. People who are very rude at home. At the church, you see them. How are you doing? I'm fine. God is so good. Oh. They smile. When they go out, they don't smile. In the church, we are the light of the church. They shine here. They forgive. They love people. They hug people at the church. When they go at the workplace, they are looking at everybody like demons. <laughs> no hug, no hug. Let your light shine before men. Amen. Hallelujah. Show the love of God outside of the church, not in the church. You understand that? You are the light, not of the church, but the light of the world. You get to go outside and show people love. Show that there is no discrimination. That there is no jealousy in me. There is no envy. There is no pride. There is no hypocrisy. Show that. Amen. Amen. And don't do it in order for them to praise you. No. 
Because sometimes people are doing things, they are liars. Amen. They are not humble indeed, but they practice like they are faking humility. They talk so slowly, gentle. The fact of talking slow with a low voice does not mean that you are humble. Amen. Sometimes, sometimes pride acts like that. A proud person wants everybody to call him humble. And then he will do all strategies to fake humility. Just in order for people to say, that woman, she's so humble. That man is so humble. It is not something that is glorifying God. It's for your own glory. She said that so that people will see your good works and not glorify you, but glorify your Father in heaven. Amen. Hallelujah. Somewhere he said that don't practice your righteousness before men so that they will praise you. See, understand. So don't, don't, don't give. Don't give bread. Don't give clothes for people to celebrate you on social media to put your photo. Now this man is a giver. It's, no, no, no. Don't do that like that. Do it for the glory of God. Amen. For, for your Father in heaven to be glorified, is what he's saying here. So I need to shine. Just live your life in simplicity. But let people see. They look at you. Let them see how you demonstrate love. How you walk in integrity. How you walk in purity. How you walk in forgiveness. How you treat your family. How you love your wife. How you love your husband. Let them see how you treat your children. Let them see how you honor your parents. How you honor the authority above you. Let them see all this stuff. They'll see, no, there's something different between that man. They will glorify God. This is the way that you can attract people. A couple that is fighting at your neighborhood, they can see you living in peace. Then they come to ask you for advice. We are in trouble here. We don't know what to do. Then you bring them to Christ. You know, if I'm doing this, I'm not so special. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not supernatural person. I'm just a, a man like you. I've got also my weakness, but Jesus is the center of this marriage. That's why you can see this peace and admire us. If you can come to my Jesus, he can also help you in the same way he's helping me. I am not better than you. Amen. They get to see their good works and come for advice. If they don't see anything and you begin to tell them, so, no. so what about yourself? What about you? We, we see you in the same thing. Amen. So it's difficult if we don't demonstrate that to influence people. Amen. So that was point number, number three. So it's number three, huh? Okay. You start first of all by knowing who you are. Amen. You get to that place, you know, okay, this is my new job. I'm working in this company now. We have 500 workers here. I'm a new person. First of all, I know who I am. Okay. Secondly, I will not neglect my communion with God because of my job. I will always be in fellowship with God, growing in the word of God. Amen. And Ted, listen, you know, where I am, I want just to live in simplicity as a Christian. Like people see good works. Amen? And number four, for you to influence, 
you don't need to conform to the world. Don't conform. Amen. Don't conform to the world. The Apostle Paul says in the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 2, that we cannot conform to this world. We need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We cannot conform. Amen. Because you cannot change something that looks exactly like you. There has to be a difference. If you, you are like the world, how can you influence the world? Amen. And the church today is, is trying all its best to conform to the world in order to win the world. I was, I was invited to a program. They wanted to do a massive outreach for youth. And they invited me. We're going to have a revival program here. We need to invite students, many people. It was a very big program. They put a lot of money. They organized it. They wanted me to be part of the program. And they, and they called me for the meeting. We went there in the meeting. I did not see in the meeting people talking about, let's seek the face of God. Let's pray. Uh, let's maybe fast. No, no, no. Okay, uh, let's put, put down certain strategies to attract young people to come. I'm just uh, listening to them. So me in the meeting, I don't want to talk too much. I'm a good receiver. You just talk. <laughs> I'm just listening to you. And then they said, um, no, first of all, we, we need to dress in the way that you see, like the, the, the youth are dressing today. So Pastor Frank, maybe, do you have a jean that is a little bit cut on top? <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh no, just, just keep talking, keep talking. Just listen. Oh no, we need those kind of jeans. Uh, we, we need uh, to put this kind of tackies that uh, you know, look like mad people sometimes. Because when I was growing, if you see someone on the streets wearing a jean or a trouser that is cut, in my mind, the first thing that will come, beginning of madness. <laughs> but today, hey, it's the beginning of excellency. <laughs> Amen. So they were telling us, for us to attract them, let us try to be like them. Uh, uh, one person, oh, oh, me, I'm preparing even to, to write a tattoo of Jesus here. So it will look like, you see, when we stand there, we present the tattoo, we present uh, to win. Say, what, what about the Holy Spirit here? What about prayer, the anointing of God? Well, Jesus doing to conform with people in order to attract them. He was praying all night, committing them to the, 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 the Lord. And when he goes in the morning, the power of God was attracting people to Jesus. But why must we conform now? Let me cut my hair like them. You know, when we go there, we need more light there and, and worship team. We don't need those classical songs. Oh, don't sing them. Everything must look like hip hop. People must be jumping, to, 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 then the youth will come. I say to them, Pastor, thank you for the invitation. May I operate with the anointing? If and I must conform to these people for them to come to Jesus, I'm at the wrong place. If you want me to preach, I will come as I will come. I will look different from them. To give them the taste of something that they don't have. Yes. And then they will come to Jesus. 
me, I will pray. If you will come with your strategy, you. If me, they said, no, we still need you to be part. So you come on your way. They said, no, I'm coming in a kingdom way. Not my way. Kingdom way. Amen. And the day I went there, it was the day that people cried. They came with their jeans, all those tattoos. Young men were just watching them and said, no, we're still the same. <laughs> we are doing the same thing. But when they see other people come differently, we preach them. And we sing normal song. We made the altar call. The crowd came. And they were crying. You cannot influence people that look exactly like you. You are the salt. Amen. You are the light. The church cannot conform to the world. The world is in darkness. When someone is tired of the world, he needs to find peace at the church. He cannot come into here. He still has the same, uh, the same vibe like when it was yesterday in the club. He said, this is the continuation of yesterday. <laughs> no. You need to feel that I'm eating a new environment. Something different is here. Amen. But if, if you know I'm still the same place, but just the names are different. Amen. We cannot conform. You get to know who you are. You get to develop that fellowship with God. You need to display the life and the character of God. And you don't need to conform. Amen. And the last one. What can I do to influence as a salt or as, as a light? Get connect with the world. Amen. Get connect. Can I, can I use an example? Two people can come stand here. Yeah. You stand here. You stand that side. All right. So you, you just pretend. <laughs> you are the, the salts. And you, for now, just for a few minutes, you are the world. <laughs> Amen. So you are the salt and you are the light and it's the world. So now, Jesus made you the salt of the world. You are the light of the world. You are not the world, but you are the light of the world. It's not the light, but it's the world in darkness. So how can I influence the salt? Can you imagine that you want to eat, you have your food on the table, your steak there on the table, no salt in. And you put the salt there, you put the the potatoes, the steak, everything there. I said, let's pray. You pray. And Father, we pray that as we say amen, the salt will move from here and enter in the steak. <laughs> Can it happen like that? If you put the salt close to the plate of the food, even for 10 years, the food will not change the flavor. Even though it's sitting close to the salt. The only, for the food to change, to be influenced, you need to mix the salt, put it inside. So what we are doing today as, as Christians, we are the salt. You stand there, and the world is there. Okay, no, I'm the salt. 
I'm growing in my fellowship with God. And I display the character of God here. I don't want to conform to the world. But I will not connect. So I want to change the world from here. You change. <laughs> change. I am the salt. But you change. Before you get close to me, change, then join me. You understand? But there cannot be transformation. You look at your neighborhood. You look at people at your school. People at your workplace. You say, no, me, I am the salt. The Bible says I would not conform. I would not conform. It's good. But how can you influence? Because you exist for the world. The church exists for the world. Until the church moves and gets contact with the world, the world will never be changed. Light must go to darkness in order for darkness to disappear. Amen. If there is a darkness in a room, for you to bring change there, you must say, come and sit on the light. And the good thing I like, darkness is very polite. <laughs> Amen. Darkness does not argue with light. No fight. It was dark in the room. You see the light now. Immediately. Darkness disappeared. So if you can come now, close, and you connect with the world, darkness will disappear. Amen. A new flavor will enter through connection. You don't conform, but you connect in order to influence. You are not influenced because the salt, the, the, the food cannot change the salt. Only the salt will change the food. Amen. So you go there, you know, I know my identity. I know my not. I am the salt. I am the light. This friend of mine, those colleagues, they cannot change me. They cannot influence me, but I cannot reject them. I will be close to them. I will display the life of God. I will display the love of Christ, the character of Jesus. I need to be in contact with them in order to influence them. But if I don't get contact with them, they will not be influenced. And the kingdom will not progress. You understand that? Hallelujah. Okay, for now on you are Christian. No, no longer the word. Put your hand together for them. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you see that even, even the vision of this house is to extend the influence of God's kingdom. How can you extend that? If you sit only at your corner, you will five, you stay sit here five years, you never extend. See, but the influence is in you. You need to go out of the four walls of the church and you go out, you know. I'm bringing this influence somewhere else. I'm bringing this influence there. I'm going to see my cousin to bring, to extend this influence, to see the life of God in me and attract him to this kingdom of God. Amen? It cannot happen until we decide to get connected. Amen? But when we are too holy, too judgmental, we are sending people in hell before the time. You, evil, you will go to hell. Ah! God loved everybody. He want them to be saved. You are already, you know, you, hell. <laughs> Jesus is coming back. You and your family, hell. No, we need to get connected. We have people around us. 
How many times do you talk with them about Jesus? How many times do you even pray for them? Even mention their names in your own prayer time. How many times? You meet people every time. You don't think about the salvation. You don't think about the eternity. You think about yourself and what you are doing. But you exist for them. You are the salt. You are the light. What are you doing? Amen. How many times do you pray for your brothers and your sisters, your cousins who are unbelievers? They are living in darkness. Do you pray for them? Do you want to approach them and talk about Jesus to them? Amen. Can you see that? Our family, maybe it's not meant to be a mega church. It's not meant to be a big, you see? We are meant to be this size. But in this size, God wants all those chairs being occupied. He gave us this small size to occupy it with souls. But how how can this happen if we only come alone? We receive the word, we go back on. We come again, again next Sunday. We go on. We do only our own stuff. We don't think about other people. God, we say that you are keeping the light inside of you. You are keeping the word of God in you. You don't want to share it. You are selfish. Amen. Hallelujah. But it is your duty to share the light and bring someone at the church. And in heaven, there will be a party because of you. That you have saved someone. This is what what God laid in my heart to share with you today. For you to know your role. To know that God is waiting, expecting something from you. You have received too much from him. What are you doing with that? Amen. He's expecting for you to influence, to touch other people's lives. Hallelujah. Are you blessed this morning? So I wanted just to share this very simple, not complicated sermon. Jesus, Jesus spoke in this way. You are the light of the world. Just very simple, but it was loaded. It was powerful. Amen. Let's stand all of us and sing this song together. We need God to give us wisdom to see things the way he sees. Amen? To know his hearts. We need to look on Jesus. Say, Lord, give me wisdom. Give me that passion. I want to see things like you do. And God must reign in our society. God must reign again in our house, in our hearts, in our lives. Amen? Let all of us stand as the worship team is leading us in this song. We will commit our hearts again to God. That the preaching of today must bring new life in me. As you leave this place, you will not be the same. You will live as a salt. You will live really as a light. Hallelujah. We hope that you've enjoyed this message. For additional resources and more information, come and visit us at alphaomega.org.za.